Apparently, liberals haven't noticed, but Christians think it's macho to be attacked. It's always the same people who characterize puncturing a baby's skull and sucking the brains out a constitutional right who rise in self-righteous moral condemnation over some harmless little joke I've told. I'm a rotten sinner, along with the rest of you, but if anything I've ever said in my public commentary constitutes a sin, then Jay Leno is spending eternity with Judas Iscariot for the Dan Quayle jokes alone. But now the thrill is gone. The liberal lynch mobs and conservative collaborators are beginning to bore me. Even Emmanuel Goldstein in Orwell's 1984 had to put up with only two minutes hate per day. With me, it's becoming nonstop. Moreover, I don't mean to be critical, but I think liberals have missed some of my zestier quotes, which is why we've decided to compile this volume. This is your lucky day, liberals. Here's a handy compilation of my most outrageous statements in an easy-to-use format. Call it letters from beyond the pale. Call it the portable hate monger. Whatever. Just carry it with you wherever you go. I wouldn't want to be misquoted at your next workers' progressive resistance rally. I feel like C. Auguste Dupin in Edgar Allan Poe's The Purloined Letter. With their maddening mentality of obsessing over details, the detectives search for a letter by dividing the suspect's office into a Cartesian graph and examining every crevice. It never occurs to them to look on the desk for the letter. Similarly, I've got plenty of insults for liberals right in front of their faces. They don't need to pour through my books or tape my every speech. I try to provide grounds for a new outrage right on the cover of my books and in my column each week. Because let's be honest, between charging up the electric car and trying to find Air America on the radio, liberals don't really have all that much time left for monitoring Ann Coulter. As I read through these quotes, a few observations occur to me. First, my most frequent quote does not appear at all. That is, may I please finish my thought, Alan? Also, I notice that I attack New York, the New York Times, and Harvard a lot. People often ask me why I attack the New York Times when this or that newspaper is worse. So I would just like to make clear that, despite my attacks on these elite liberal institutions, they aren't half as bad as any liberal living in the red states. I attack the New York Times because it is the most articulate expression of loony liberal thought in America today. Also, except for about half of it, it's a terrific paper. As the Treason Times' most loyal reader, I've long wanted to cut an ad for them saying, as long as you skip the editorial page, the op-ed page, any articles on the front page, and anything with these three words, by Frank Rich, the New York Times is America's greatest newspaper. All liberals are the enemy, but liberals outside of New York are the loser enemy. The whole point of being a liberal is to live in New York. All liberals consider it nirvana to live in Manhattan, so any liberals not living in New York are obviously too stupid to get jobs there. Even in New York, the worst liberals are the ones who in fact cannot afford to live in New York, but have stumbled into rent-controlled apartments. Duke Lacrosse prosecutor Mike Nifong does not live in New York. Tom DeLay prosecutor Ronnie Earle does not live in New York. Ward Churchill does not teach at Harvard. What kind of monster could be a liberal in a fabulous state like Colorado, much less North Carolina or Texas? Answer, the biggest losers on the planet. There's nothing more sublime than being with red staters in red states, or as I call it, visiting America. But these feckless losers want nothing of it. They want to be with Courtney Love. Most newspapers in the red states, even nice states like Mississippi, are run by loser liberals who rub their foreskin while reading the New York Times. 
The various Times wannabes around the country have adopted the Times politics, but don't have the native intelligence to pull it off. So they end up sounding more like Cindy Sheehan than a newspaper written by adults. Think of the pimply Harridan with a kerchief on, shouting, Bush lied, kids died, at an anti-war rally. The New York Times is the erudite version of this person. The red state newspapers are generally written by this person. While the Times is deceptive, but frequently accurate, the Arizona Daily Star and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch are merely the illiterate, fact-free scribblings of lunatics. Attacking papers like these, or the Berkshire Eagle, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, or the Durham Herald Sun, or the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, would be like kicking a dog, a rabid, toothless dog who is about to die anyway. When I attack, I want to target those with power or influence. This is why, for example, you will not see Keith Oberman mentioned in this book. I mention this not only to explain the prominent coverage I give to the New York Times, but also because I've noticed that loser liberals seem to think they can acquire the savoir-faire of Manhattan by adopting the worst aspect of the city, its liberalism. The second worst aspect of New York City is the traffic. But that doesn't mean you're a cool person if you idle your car in a parking lot in Des Moines for three hours a day. Remember, loser liberals, New York City had Republican mayors from 1993 to 2007. Oh, and by the way, in the 2004 election, zip code 10021, Manhattan's Upper East Side, gave more money to Bush than any other zip code in the country.